Hello, ladies, and welcome to Woman to Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Hankson Lawrence, and I'm excited that you've decided to take this journey with me towards wellness. So, if this is your first time listening, welcome. And please, at some time, please take time to catch up on all our episodes. And if you are a regular listening audience, I just want to say I appreciate you and thank you. As you know, this audio space is created for women to be empowered, to be uplifted, and to be encouraged as we continue this journey to discovering who we are and our purpose here. So today I have a special guest with us today, and her name is Dr. Carmen McPherson. Uh, Carmen McPherson is a personal friend of mine, which I'm glad to say, (laughs) for over about 25 years or more, if not. And uh, we go way back. We have so much in common in terms of education and also on our spiritual journey with our home-based church in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So um, Carmen, we're going to talk a lot today. We're going to talk about you as a, well, I want to honor you today as a Black woman who have purpose and is living her purpose, as well as your involvement in the community as to leadership and to your role as you play in education, your spiritual journey. And then of course, as you know, this is a month for uh, breast cancer awareness and I know you have a story to tell. So it's gonna be a lot today. (laughs) All right, Carmen, you wanna come you and uh, we'll just jump right in. So Carmen, tell us something about you. Who's Carmen? Okay. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to have some space and time. No, for inviting me to have some space and time on your platform. I just, before I even go into me, I just want to say how, how awesome this has been just to see this evolution of Denise during COVID, right? Because that's when it all happened and you have just grown exponentially. So to God be the glory. So who is Carmen? Um, and I've known you for 25 years, almost 26 years. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Carmen. Carmen is Carmen is, I am a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother to two, three beautiful um, children, mother to one son. Um, I'm an educator. Um, I'm a woman of God. Um, God is my source. It is in him that I live, move, and have my being. So anything that I have ever done, anything that I have ever accomplished, anything that I am accomplishing, and anything that I will be accomplishing, I attribute it all to him and his grace and his mercy. Um, I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. Um, I'm an, uh, I, I am a motivator. I'm a leader. I'm an entrepreneur. And, um, and I think I said this already, but I am an encourager. I am a, a breast cancer overcomer, not a survivor. Because like when we survive that. something, we're just kind of like barely holding on. You know, you're on a shipwreck and you kind of hold on to a plank. And you, you, no, not with me. All right. Overcoming. I'm an overcomer. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, um, a little later on. But yes, that, that's who I am in a nutshell. Wow, that's that's a lot for us to dissect at this moment. So I'll give the audience a little time to dissect. So let's talk a little bit. Let's dissect it now. Let's talk about you as a educator. 
And um, also, I know for a fact that you also recently, just last year, I believe, or maybe this year, launched your uh, first conference for your consulting business. So we'll get into that as well. So talk about Carmen as an educator. Was this something that you wanted to do from an early childhood time? Is, or is this, are you really walking in your purpose? Right. So funny that you should say that, right? Or you should ask me that question because as I was processing kind of in preparation for this, I was doing the numbers as to how long I've actually been formally um, teaching, right? So I started in 1991, right? I got my first teaching job back in London, Loughborough's Junior School in Brixton, South London. And then Love Londoners around there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so that was that was what 29 years ago. But if you wow. count the four years that I took in college, right? Because each year we had to do um, student teaching, right? So it's over 30 years, right, of of um, of experience. But um, a few weeks ago, something came back to me when I was about 10 years old. I remember. Specifically, I had a teacher, I went to primary school in England, and I had a teacher, her name was Miss Collar Jake. She was young, um, a white woman, of course, back then, um, but she was young and she was very stylish. And I can, I have a vivid picture of myself imagining being a teacher when I grow up standing in front of the classroom in a similar plaid skirt with tights as, like she had like what, we, what she'd wear to school often. Right. And I think that's where the first seed was planted. Um, so I was about 10. Um, something else, when I was between the ages of seven and 17, I took formal piano lessons. And when I went to Jamaica, I had a formal piano teacher. Her name was Mrs. Dina Helps. She was one of the best in the island at the time. And at the age of 14, she would have me to um, go over the theory work with the younger students, right? Because I was in a higher grade because you had these graded exams. And she would have me correct their work and sit with them and, and help them. So I've often alluded to that years ago as like some of my first experiences of of teaching. Um, so when I look back, I say, yeah, kind of not in the intentional way that we kind of do it now or millennials coming up or people can point to it was at that age and stage that I knew. No, I didn't know like that. But when I look back and I look at the markers, then I see, yeah, it was kind of there. I might have gotten to it in a roundabout way. But at the age of 19, I went to, um, I was back in London and I went to a college, um, not sure what I wanted to do, um, but said that, you know, teaching might be one of the things. And I sat down with an advisor and she told me about this course that um, existed at, at, at a college back then called Brixton College. And what it was, it allowed, um, they were looking for minority students, AKA black students back then, minority students to um, go into the um, education profession, right? To become teachers in London, because they wanted to increase the number of black teachers or ethnic minority teachers as they call them back then. And, but you had to be 21 and over. So when I first applied, I was 19. Although I passed the test, I couldn't get in. I was too young. Then I tried again when I was 20. I was still too young. Finally, the last year, the guy said, you don't have to, um, the advisor at Brixton College said, you don't have to do the test again. I'm just going to admit you. So I was 20 going 21 when I got on the course and the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Wow, that's interesting. You said something earlier about 
visualizing. And I think that's often important for us. We talk about vision board all the time and we put these images of what we want or, but as you said, even back then at 10, you visualize by actually seeing her. So you saw someone, even though she's Caucasian, it mattered not. The point is her standing there made you feel like, oh, I can do this too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me something about the transition in terms of from England to the U.S. and what's the difference in education? What have you, I mean, you have years under your belt. Like, what's the major difference? So, So now I really can't say what it's like now because it's been 25, 94, 26 years since I left there. All right. Mm -hmm. um, I know back then uh, when I came here, I, um, I was surprised, right? Because you had teacher manuals um, and, you know, you had like the, the, the teacher manuals for math and for English and for social studies and all the lessons were already in there and the resource, everything was there. I wasn't used to that. I don't know about now, but back then when I um, started teaching, you had to do your lesson plans from scratch. It had to be well thought out, well researched, evidence-based and you had to write that stuff yourself. Not only that, there was an expectation that you had to write a reflection at the end of every week. And your principal went through that, right? Because not only did you write the reflection, but then you then had to say, okay, what can I improve? So it was a reflective practice for, for us, right? Also, um, we didn't have all these prep times back. Like I said, I don't know what it's like now, but when right. I... When I was there, you didn't have anything called prep time. We got one hour non-contact time. That's what it was called. So you got one hour a week to be away from your students. The rest of the time you was teaching. You were ha- you had those kids. Uh, did you say an hour a week? Yeah, I, I, you had one hour a week non-contact time. It was normal. We didn't know no different. It was normal. But we did have, I got to admit, um, I was in an elementary school. You did have playtime, right? So okay. the kids got 15 minutes playtime in the morning. They got 15 minutes playtime in the afternoon. And then they got an hour lunch. So I guess you factor in those things every day. But you didn't see it like that was, in fact, no, what am I talking about? Even though the kids got playtime, you had to be out there with the kids on playground duty. So it's, it's not like it was free time or prep, you know, have free time. It was a prep time, like how we or non, non-instructional time wow. here. So, um, so that was that piece. The other thing that was unique was that a lot of what we did was theme based. All right. So, um, let's say I, I decided the theme was going to be electricity. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to pull out math. I had to pull out geography. I had to pull out history. I had to pull out language. I had to pull out music. I had to pull out gym, had to pull out what they call music and movement right at the time like drama right and it all had to like tie into the theme so you spent a lot of time planning lessons you spent a lot of time going to the library and finding resources and so on and so forth um but um but that's that's what we knew then and that's what we did so when I came here and I saw these manuals and I saw that teachers you had like non-instructional time you weren't with the kids every day they went somewhere else for gym they went somewhere else for music I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. 
<laughs> completely different, but you can you can you can navigate through this. It seems a little bit easier. <laughs> I never lost that, um, but I never lost that reflective piece. I never lost that kind of um, holistic way of looking at the curriculum and what was being done, even when I was in the classroom. So, yeah. Okay, great. So uh, one more thing in terms of the education piece and where you are now. So uh, you've done your years as a teacher and you have advanced uh, through the ranks and, um, you know, applied yourself and, in the educational field, so to speak. So what's the difference now that you're outside of the classroom, you're out from the classroom? Do you miss the classroom? Um, one of the things that I'll say that I always missed about the classroom was the, the relationships with the kids, right? Because those kids became your own, right? Um, in the sense that the, the rapport, they know you, you know them, they're very perceptive. They knew if you were having an off day, or if you weren't having an off day, no matter how you camouflaged it, they notice little nuances, little changes in your attitude. You might look sad, you might look upset, you might be yelling a little bit too much. I miss you, okay? That type of stuff. So you kind of miss that. But right. um, one of the things that I, I, I can say that I pride myself on is that I did develop relationships with kids, even now as an administrator. Um, um, they, they either love me but the majority love me but there are some who I can't stand her the girls usually she always got something to say <laughs> you know but <laughs> but for the most part you know um so so in a sense I do and I don't because I'm now like oh god I left the classroom in 2003 so that's I'm 17 years away from the classroom now wow I didn't, I mean, I know you and I didn't even realize it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah, because I had left left the classroom and I became a a numeracy coach. So I was working with teachers, right? I was no longer in the classroom. I was still a teacher, but I was a a teacher leader coach type thing. Right. I remember those years. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah, time fly. Had no idea. It was 17 years. years, Do you think if you were to go back and you think it's like jumping on a bike again, or would it be a little bit different? Well, so let me just put put a little plug in. So um, we have a children's church at church and um, kind of resumed like a few weeks ago, right? Post COVID. And, um, you know, I was asked, went back in there with the kids and socially distanced, everybody got to wear a mask. Um, But, you know, I was there yesterday singing, getting them to clap in rhythm, myself and the other um, person, Sister Amory, who's working with me, we're working together, together with the kids. Um, And you just, you just, yeah, you just kind of. It flows back in. It's just what I do. You know, and it's funny, right? Because we've not really like planned out like a, a, a formal, formal lesson, but we're like, okay, what's that theme? And get the theme, and like, okay, you're gonna find the scripture, you find the scripture, okay, I'll find a video, you know, mm-hmm. around. and then the, the questioning, because she's also a, a veteran teacher herself, right? So we just kind, you just kind of flow, right? Because you know right. what questions to ask, right? How to ask the question, right? Right. So we know we don't use, you know, Bloom's taxonomy. We're not going to say, what is this? We're going to ask, how can you apply, right? We do that higher order thinking level right. question. I was just going to ask you about that in terms of um, in the church leadership itself. Um, you and I both worship at the same church, Refuge Temple Church of God in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And our pastor, of course, is Bishop Courtney Williams Sr. And we've been, we've been there for years. 
<laughs> but even in that in that aspect, in terms of leadership, do you see? Well, we know, of course. Okay, the 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 obvious difference, or the um, what we would call the difference in terms of church leadership, is that you know this is spirit oriented, and in terms of if we're in the secular world, it's a different kind of leadership. But do you see any other difference between, or do you think in terms of leadership, it can segue? It segues. So one of the things that I, it does segue. One of the things that I will say that church prepared me to when I became a teacher coach, as well as, as a, a, an administrator. How, how was that? How? Um, One of the things I'm going to go back to something, Denise, um, it was in 2019. No, it was 2000 when it was myself, you and Bishop Williams, we had this, this very first cohort of lay leadership yeah, um, I remember that. Right? <laughs> yes. Saturday morning, right, six a.m. And um, we had that book, John Maxwell, developing the leader within you. One of the first lines in that book is, yes. it says that what is leadership? Leadership is influence." Yeah, that summer I went to talking about this John here. <laughs> that book, yeah, that same one. So that was I first read that book for what we were doing at church, right. but then I. Summer, I also went to this, um, it was up at Wesleyan University. It was a residential piece for um, math, math leaders, right? I, had, I wasn't yet a math leader, but I guess I was preparing and someone came to me and gave me the opportunity because they saw whatever they saw in me. And right. one of the books that was studied that summer, it was a three-week um, residential, was John Maxwell. So I was like, yeah, I was still in the classroom then. But my, I say this to say that, that in terms of um, leadership, right, it doesn't change the platform that wherever you are, the audience that you're leading, right? right. So it might, it might have a different foundation, but people are people, right? And leading right. people is what it is, right? It can be extremely challenging, um, you know, but then it also develops you. So I think I based on person, your personality gets drawn in as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I like to, to, to believe that I'm a, a servant leader. Um, and also a few years ago, decided that one of the things I wanted to do intentionally, still working on it, is to lead gracefully. Mm. Now that you say that, lead gracefully, that leads right into my next phase of our conversation here. And that is because I know I had the opportunity, which I was honored to even just serve, even if it's just to um, say welcome to the guests that were coming in. But when you talk about lead gracefully, serve gracefully, let's talk a little bit about that introduced to us, introduced to our viewing audience, as well as those who are listening. Um, what's that about? The name, your consulting okay. service, and everything. Yes. Okay. So, so two, almost three years ago now, I registered my business, which is Ginyamwe. Um, and there's a Ghanaian out there who's going to tell me I'm not pronouncing it properly. But anyway, <laughs> Ginyamwe Educational Services. A little backdrop. Ginamwe was birthed back in 2007, okay? Um, I put some things together on paper um, and then just kind of left it there, all right? Um, I finally decided that 
by the end of 2017, I mean, a few things happened along the way, but 2017, 18, I was going to register that business, right? And the initial idea with the business was that I was going to offer um, consulting as well as professional development, as well as helping teachers, as well as leaders, right? Right. However, um, there is this leadership summit. It's called Global Leaderships, Leadership Summit that happens every summer in August. Right. In 2017, I, I attended it. It's a virtual summit worldwide, right? So they were doing virtual long before it was virtual. It's based somewhere in, in the States. I think it's in Kansas. I'm not quite sure. But they broadcast the summit to about 66 countries, I believe, right? So I went to the summit the first year in 2017. A friend had invited me through an organization that she's a part of. And then the second year that I went, which was in 2018, 2018, 2019, last year. Sorry, I first went 2018. Um, while I was there attending the, the conference, right, because BlackRock Church in BlackRock, they host. Right. And um, it dropped in my spirit, Carmen, you need to host a leadership conference. I, I'm passionate about leadership, right? I love right. the idea of leadership. I love um now I'm saying, I, I think I need to be a leadership consultant more than anything, but I really, really love that whole piece in leadership. And, you know, there have been some teachers who have kind of migrated into to, to administration and I've kind of like helped them to navigate the terrain and so on and so forth, right? So so the, the idea came to come, you need to host a leadership conference, not on that scale, but you need to host a leadership conference because it is something I'm passionate about but it was graceful leadership. And I'm going to tell you how I came to graceful leadership. And there was a teacher, she would come, um, there was a teacher who used to come to work late every day, right? And her colleagues would complain, oh, Ms. McPherson, um, you know, such and such, she's late every day. I said, well, you know, why don't you talk to her? That's your colleague, you know, talk to her. Anyway, it was bad. Like sometimes you go into the class and the, the kids would cover for her. Man, she's coming. She's coming. She's going to take her kid to the daycare. Anyway, but I had to still call her in. So I called her in and I'm like, you know, what's going on? So she explained that, you know, she has a two-year-old preschooler and she has absolutely no one to look after the child. And she's got to take the child to some other town right, and then hit the 95 in traffic, and, and that's it, the daycare didn't open till 7.30, so you figure she's supposed to be at school by 7.53, and she's got to hit the 95, she was never able to make it, okay, so, um, right, you know, you're going to have to, you get, I don't know what you're going to do, but you, you got to be here at 7.53, right, that's, that's the rules, basically, I'd right. say, like, that's, that's, the that's the rules, right, so anyhow, um, I had then, I think I then, I don't think, I wrote her a letter. This is like November now, November, December. I wrote a letter and I had to, I'd done the verbal, following their contract, I did the verbal. Now it's a letter, right? Because we do progressive discipline. Right. And I wrote the letter, didn't think anything of it, gave it to her, put a copy wherever the copy has to go. The, the following summer now to the following summer, I'm leaving that particular school and I'm packing my stuff up. It's August, I'm packing my stuff up. And I come across the letter and I read the letter and I said, I don't like, it was a well-written letter, 
you know, they could probably even have used it as a, um, you know, how to write, write up a teacher, all right, for attendance, right? But Denise, <clears throat> I didn't like the letter, how it sounded. I said, wow, there's no heart here. No, something happened before that. So at the end of the year now, I have to, um, we're doing the uh, end of year um, conferences with the teachers, right? So mm -hmm. um, I meet with her and, you know, how did your year go? And then she shares with me, this is in June now, she shares with me that, oh, you know, I found a, um, a daycare where, you know, I'll be able to get my child there earlier. So I will be able to be here on time. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. That's great. Wonderful. Two months later, I'm packing up my stuff. I didn't know then that I was going to be packing up my stuff. And I read the letter because now I have context, right? right. Now, so from her being late, me having to do what I got to do, writing her up, doing all those things by the book, she shares with me that, right? She's responsible, right? right? But that whole heart piece, I had missed it. When I read my letter, I was like, I'm not doing this again like this, right? Mm. That was what I said, no, I am going to lead gracefully. Wow. And what it was, because I had, as you know, um, a few years prior, I had had my own situation. As you know, I was a former principal of one of the high schools. And um, what I went through, right, in terms of, progressive discipline, so to speak. Um, what everybody saw when I was put on administrative leave publicly, they, that was the, the end result, which became a blessing. <laughs> but what you didn't see was the, um, all the paperwork that kept coming at me, right? And so I say that to say this, is that it was a culture of, um, it was a culture of, I'm going to say it's called holding people accountable, but holding people accountable without heart. Mm, right? I like that. So, and when I read my, because I know how you had to do that myself very well. Right. Cause that's right. how I'd be taught. That's what I, that's what I saw. That's what was modeled to me. And you tend to, 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 to take on, you know, what right. you see. Mm -hmm. But that moment, a simple thing, but it was, it, it might seem like a simple thing, but for me, it changed the paradigm. I'm still working on it. Don't get me wrong. But like that whole kind of, mm -mm, I don't do that no more. So hence the graceful leadership. What is it? What does it mean to lead gracefully? Right? So that's where the concept was birthed with me. Right? Because we know about servant leadership, right? We get that one, but right. there's something about grace and you attended that conference, right? So, but there's something about leading gracefully that puts heart back mm -hmm. into what we do. I don't care what kind of leader you are. That is so interesting. And, and, oh my goodness, I'm glad you shared that because it really hit, resonated with me because there's a difference with how you lead and gracefully, right? With heart, you said that because yes, it doesn't change the fact of whatever needs to be addressed, right? Um, whether it's on a spiritual level or, 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 or just otherwise, it's just leadership right across the board. But mm -hmm. how do we do it? Do we, do we do it with a heart? And um, you were able to connect that because of something you also went through personally mm -hmm. as well. But then even at that time, it's like, wow, 
Mm-hmm. You're doing the yeah. same thing that was done to you. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so tell us more. What can we expect with? Um, and I'm not going to embarrass myself and try to say the name. I can spell it. Yes. What's gonna happen with Ginamway? So right now, I am. Um, I. It's funny. Somebody asked me the other day. She was one of the presenters at the conference in January. She said, "Is there going to be a virtual one?" So her and I are actually going to be connected, if not later today, um, later on this week. Um, I think. I'm going to say I was, I was not ready for COVID, right? Because as you know, right, the summer, there was going to be like a mini graceful leadership conference, right? Based on, on request, right? Right. COVID hit, right? I, I wasn't ready, right? But I am in the process of getting myself ready. I am actually just laying the groundwork right now to kind of really solidify the business, like to, to, to vision it. What's my marketing? What, who's my market? How am I, you know, pushing it to that next level that I need it to go while I, you know, begin to put things um, on the table. So that's kind of where I am with it right now. That's good. And it seems like you already know your why. So we're not concerned about the why. (laughs) You're just concerned about how we're going to maneuver and move on in the midst of this COVID experience. We know the why you do what you do. And so we're going to wait gracefully (laughs) for, (laughs) we're going to wait until um, to see, but a virtual doesn't sound bad because I think that's what we're all doing now in COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so interestingly, one of the things is, um, you know, I'm reading this book. Um, I'm reading several at the moment, but um, you know this one, right? Finding um, divine flow. Listen, don't even listen. I have that. I think it's in it's in like her chapter. One of the chapters talks about the doubt thoughts and the faith thoughts, and I just want to I just want to share this. And um, one of the things with the conference. I went through so many different emotions leading up to, to the conference. And one of the things was nobody wants to hear you when your conference, right? That was one of my doubts was, as well as um, you just being extra, right? Like why you got to go whole conference? Anybody want to hear you? I mean, serious, serious internal conversations that I, I went through, but, um, and I didn't even like spell it out as such then, but, the takeaways, whenever those voices come up, is that, no, I have a message, right? For those who have not heard it and those who choose to listen to it, as well as you're just being too extra. I have so much more extra to share, whether it's extra love, extra grace, extra peace, extra joy, because it ain't by my spirit or by my might, sorry, it's by his spirit. So Mm -hmm. I just want to put that in Oh my goodness. We could, we could go on and on talking about that book right there. And, um, you know, it's funny you should say that because my next question to you was going to talk about, um, the fact that now it is, you, you have, a a back, a a life background in London, in England, as well as Jamaica and in America, but now in England, it's, um, in London, I should say it's in the UK, it's Black History Month. And I had a pleasure of actually interviewing the author of that book. (laughs) And you and I, you and I are on uh, a platform faithfully every week. (laughs) Since May. Since May. Yes. I live for my Saturday mornings. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do when they stop, but I would have enjoyed enough to you know, just keep it moving. But yeah, yeah powerful, powerful space. You already know. Powerful yeah. space. So, Claudine, 
Crawling Creed, I'm telling you. Church in London, England, doing their thing. Yeah, I think community is really good. Yeah. So question for you. Um, I just learned last week um, that I was never aware of Black History Month celebrating in London. Do you remember anything when you were there? Um, it was. It wasn't really even out there. It out there. I did Black History in my classroom period with my kids, right? Just because that's you already know, right? Right. That's what I do, right? That's what I you know, it's a passion, but no, it wasn't, definitely wasn't above board then, no. Now it's formalized now. Okay. All right, Carmen, well, we talk so much about Carmen as a leader. Carmen with um, her business, Carmen as a mother, grandmother, Carmen as a servant leader in her church, Carmen in her community as a leader, Carmen in education, and Carmen as an administrator. Now, so Carmen, um, what I like to do at the end of every podcast is I have what's called a call to action. So we talk about so many different phases of Carmen today. And I'm going to ask you to speak to a call to action in terms of those who are pursuing anything in leadership. So if you don't mind, can you just encourage our listening audience as well as our viewing audience about a call to action in terms of leadership and any area in that? Okay, leadership. Be courageous. Be kind. Be humble. Apologize mm-hmm. when you're wrong. Um, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Let people see you. Um, be respectful. Um, but still know that you have, you have, I hate to say it cliche, but you have influence, right? So yeah. people are looking at you. They're going to critique you. Some, some are not going to like you. But hold on to your truth. But respectful. Be respectful and be kind. And try to be as consistent as possible. And when you mess up, go back. I think in our culture, we, we, we tend to be, um, you know, we don't like people to see us, you know. Um, but it's important sometimes that people see us because people need to be able to relate, right? But be kind. And what you don't know, learn it. You might not master it, but learn it. And admit what you don't know. Right. But just because you don't know it don't mean that you can't find out about it and learn it. Okay. So that's that the leadership. That, that was graceful. Did that yeah. I love that. that that's part of grace leading gracefully, yeah. right? The consulting uh, services. I know you say you're in the process of, you know, maneuvering and ch- making some uh, updating the website, updating the website, updating everything. Actually, I let me put a plug out there for Weibo workshop in business opportunities. I am back in school. I'm part of Weibo. Um, it's a ten week um, business model um, that it's tried and tested. Has been around for over. 30, 40 years, I believe. And I am a beginner student in this because I'm, I'm, I'm in this course to grow my platform, to grow my business. And each week that we're on it, um, there are action steps that we have to take that are authentic action steps. So I'm in the process of um, updating um, the business so and the website, I'm sorry. Um, however, you can contact me on G-N-E-S L-L-C at gmail g-n-e-s-l-l-c at 
gmail.com all right so that's the business um email okay and you know what go to gnes gnesllc.com love having you on um ladies i'm telling you i hope you have been inspired motivated today if you're watching great if you're just listening hey listen give us if you want to get some more information you're also welcome to send us an email at w2wpodcastshow at gmail.com as well and i can get in touch with carmen because i know her very well okay so in case you you missed it hey reach out to me i'll get you in touch with carmen carmen thank you so much for your time ladies thank you again for listening and tuning in once again our our, our goal and is to always bring you content that uh is relatable stuff that you can use stuff that you can share please join us again thank you carmen have a wonderful thank day you. Thank, thank you thank you have a blessed day you too bye now goodbye welcome to our website we hope you find everything you need here Welcome to our website. We hope you find everything you need here.